Welcome to Nurturing Bright Futures, the higher education podcast for teachers and advisors, brought to you by UEA. Each month, we provide the latest information you need to guide your students through their journey to university, plus hints and tips to help support you in your work. We know you're busy, so we keep each episode to around 20 minutes, just long enough for a cup of coffee. So, pop the kettle on and let's get started. Thanks for joining us on Nurturing Bright Futures, the HE podcast from UEA. My name's Alex and this month I'm pleased to welcome Hannah, our HE advisor for the Midlands. Hi Hannah. Hello everyone. And joining Hannah and I today is Jordan who works in the events team here at UEA. Hi Jordan. Hello. So Jordan, we know you're busy working on our new and improved summer school for sixth form students at the moment. Would you be able to give us a little bit of an introduction to that? So yeah, the uh, summer school for year 12 students is called Business University UEA Summer School. Um, and it's going to be run over July 27th and 28th. We're really looking to bring in Year 12 students to give them an experience that will help them prepare for university. Excellent. So you briefly mentioned there that it's aimed for Year 12 students. Yes. Yeah. So in our team, we work all across the UK in different geographical locations. Is there any limitation to where these students have to come from or is it open to everybody? Um, so the summer school is aimed for Year 12s, yeah. But um, ultimately, it's open to anybody who will be applying for the university, applying for university, sorry, next year. Excellent. I'm sure that's what our teachers are wanting to hear to be able to pass on this type of information. So you mentioned there that it was over two days in July. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're having quite a nice amount of time here on campus to be exploring UEA and seeing what we have to offer. Could you give us um, some examples of what those sessions might entail or what our students that are coming to visit can actually get involved in? So on that first day... Um, we'll be giving a range of sessions that ultimately will lead to students giving a presentation later in the day and having debates with one another. But in the preparation for these presentations and the debates, they will be doing research, they'll be planning, they'll be visiting the library, um, and also having the chance to reflect on the skills that they learn while giving the presentation and preparing for it. Um, What we want to do by giving these sessions is let students see what it's like to live as a student and study as a student at a modern university. And then the second day is more focused around applying to university, your finances at university, and also cooking at university. We're going to be running a student cooking uh, session to help that sounds like that would be great fun for a student because some obviously will come to university and will never have had the opportunity potentially to have cooked at home um, and we're just trying to I guess throw them in the deep end to see what is it actually like being a student Definitely. not having these academic insight sessions per se but then finding out what is it actually going to be like as a student um, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm sure students are hopefully really going to enjoy it when we get them turning up on that first day you'd said it was based in, it's in July so the 27th and 28th of July, so it's a two-day. Um, is it a residential opportunity for them? Yes, it'll be residential. Um, they'll be staying in ensuite on-campus halls. And finally, I guess that teachers who are listening will want to know how can students actually book on and is there a cost implication? Have they got to pay to attend the summer school? So there is a cost of £125 per student. However, there are free places available for those who fit the criteria. If students want to find out more, they can email us at 
enrichment at uea.ac.uk or find our website online at www.uea.ac.uk slash study slash this dash is dash uni. Fantastic. I can't wait to find out more about it myself whilst I'm here on campus and hopefully have loads of students come and join us. Thanks very much, Jordan. No worries. Nurturing Bright Futures, the higher education advice podcast for teachers and advisors. Brought to you by UEA. So next I'd like to welcome Amy, who is one of our lecturers in our School of Environmental Science. Hello. Hi, Hannah. Thanks for having me here today. You're ever so welcome. Um, I know you're really proud as an interdisciplinary school for environmental science. Would you be able to explain to our listeners what environmental science is, is actually all about? Um, yes, certainly. So, yes, we are proud to be an environmental science school, an interdisciplinary school. Um, we've got about 65 faculty at the moment, um, so they're lecturers, teachers and researchers. Um, and we bring together mixed expertise from a range of different um, areas. The school is actually formed from a group of geographers, ecologists, economists, uh, economists um, and different areas of expertise all coming together um, to study problems in the natural environment. So we're interested within the school of responding to our environmental challenges and we discovered the best way to to really do this was to bring lots of different types of, of people together, lots of different areas of specialism. So you'll find that we've got ecologists, biologists, chemists, physicists, um, mathematicians, geographers, all providing their unique perspectives on challenges. And that's the sort of teaching that we bring to students. So returning back to your original question in terms of why environmental science is, is different perhaps to what students would have experienced at A-levels, is it's the integration of these different areas that they may be interested in school. So we're bringing together geography with biology, with chemistry, um, with physics, with possibly an element of mathematics. Um, so environmental sciences is a lot broader than, say, uh, geography or a lot broader than, say, studying um, biology at university. You can really specialise in the area that you find most interesting or you can dabble in lots of different areas and we'll sort of teach you the skills to be able to um, bring in those different forms of knowledge. So we don't expect you to come being... Um, a top physicist and a top chemist and a top geographer um, will allow you to take elements of those things and, and bring together different parcels of your understanding to, to deal with these big environmental problems. So things like climate change is a big one, um, energy systems, how we're responding to changing supply and demand, um, things like natural hazards, ecosystem services, all these um, problems that are important now and are going to be increasingly important in the future. Definitely, and I think that's actually a really important key message to be given to prospective students and also to our teachers advising those students, that it's very modern 
in the mm-hmm. sense of what we're currently addressing. You know, everyone's becoming more ecologically aware, environmentally aware in terms of our actions, or would like to think that people are. Um, and you really mentioned an important thing there that I think teachers will really like when they're listening to the podcast, is that the students don't necessarily have to choose one given route. We're advising students when we're going out into schools to be picking, what do you want to do when you're older? What are you going to narrow down your options to study at university? And I think I'm right, I hope you agree with me, in understanding you've said they don't have to do that with something like environmental science because they can dabble in so many different areas, still keeping doors open, which I think takes me quite nicely on to ask him. In terms of what people would do afterwards, what are the career opportunities or what are you finding that students are going into? And I guess through the skill set they're learning from the interdisciplinary approach, could you give us some examples of that? Yeah, certainly. Um, So we're finding students go off into a variety of different careers. So you might find that they're um, using their knowledge to solve problems, say, in environmental consultancy or consultancy more generally. Um, So they might be working with um, the oil and gas industry, for example. Um, They might be working with regulation and local government, so solving problems within, say, Um, Natural England or local councils. So those are other big employers. Would you say the School of Study has any particular areas of specialism um, where students might be more attracted to or that you guys yourselves might want to promote? Yes, we do have some specialist degrees. So what you'll find is if you go onto the website and you type in, say, um, geography for undergraduate courses, it'll come up with 30 or so different options. So so those are different routes that you could go down. Um, Say you were interested in geography at school, but you wanted to um, see what we offer at at university. Environmental sciences will be um, one of those. Um, And then within that sort of uh, area of environmental sciences, you've got specialisms, say, in meteorology, um, so things to do with the climate, changing climate. Um, We've got specialisms in uh, geophysics, geology. Um, So we consider environmental sciences very much to be our sort of parent programme along with uh, BA Geography and BSc Geography. And then within that, we've got lots of other derivatives. So there's lots of different options. And also a question we get asked at Open Days quite frequently is about choosing one of these different degree programmes when perhaps you've not experienced the range of these different options available to you before. You've maybe not studied environmental sciences. I know some of you might have done the A-level environmental sciences. Um, But the question we get asked is um, how flexible we are. And really, if you come onto an environmental sciences programme, you do the first year very much the same as a lot of the other students. And then you can decide which area to specialise in as you go go forward. So no environmental sciences degree programme is going to be the same as anybody else's. So you'll be on the same course, but you'll take different modules. You make different choices to suit your interests as you go along. And um, very frequently you have the option to sort of change if you're performing quite well into your second and third year and actually choose a, a different career path mm-hmm. if, or a different um, degree path if that's something that interests you, if there's a career that interests you as you're um, going along. Subscribe to our podcast now and make sure you never miss another episode. I was wondering, Amy, can you give some guidance to our teachers and advisors who are listening on what kind of student you would say would be suited to a degree in environmental sciences? I think we take a broad range of students with a wide range of different interests. I think a naturally sort of inquisitive nature is um, great. 
Um, in terms of the sort of subjects that um, environmental scientists here at UEA might have studied, um, you're talking about geography. Um, we hope that they come with uh, at least one science. Um, so not necessarily geography, I must add. So geography would be considered in um, in the list of, of, of possible degrees as being classed as one of the sciences um, for in terms of entry requirements. So thinking about geography, um, chemistry, physics, biology, maths, uh, economics. So those sorts of um, A-levels um, we, we find produce really good environmental sciences. But please talk to us if you've come with other A-levels um, and we can see if they sort of fit in with environmental sciences because it is, it is a broad area. Excellent. And what is the school typically looking for, for from a grade requirement point of view? So typically we'd look for sort of three Bs as standard. Um, there are some sort of variants on this. So if you're interested in, say, a year in uh, abroad, we might have a higher um, requirement. These do change over time, so do keep a lookout for this. Um, but I think we take sort of an ABC as well or a, a BBC if you've got a really good sort of um, uh, history of writing good projects, for example. That's that's something to check, but uh, three Bs is the typical um, for, say, BSc Environmental Science, BSc Geography, BA Geography. Yeah, as you were saying there, Amy, it's just important to check, isn't it? So on our website, you can find information about the school, but you can also find information from admissions. Also having a look in our mini guides if um, yourself as teachers or your advising students when they're meeting us at some events, school events or the bigger UCAS exhibitions too, just come and ask um, and we can pass on any details to inquire if there are any combination qualifications as well or different types of qualifications, obviously, to A-levels. Um, I was wondering, could you tell us a little bit about the variety? You've mentioned a few about the areas of expertise or specialisations that students can choose, but also in terms of the structure of the course with maybe assessments or placement opportunities, practical experience, as I'm sure people will want to know a bit more about that. Yeah, so university, uh, studying at university, university life is probably quite different to what you've experienced before. So coming to UEA and studying environmental sciences in particular, we um, do a lot of um, teaching around lectures. These might be traditional lectures. Um, then you'll have maybe a follow-up practical later on in the week or later that same day to sort of cement those ideas, workshops. We have IT labs. We have fieldwork courses, which are really important for environmental sciences in particular. These might be day trips. They might be week-long um, residential trips. Um, we have a variety of assessment that goes along with this as well. So you might sit a traditional exam or you might um, be studying on a module that is um, assessed by coursework. We tend to, per module, so a diff different subject that you would study, say you would have, let's say, six modules per year. You'd study six different broad areas. Um, for each of those, you might have mixed methods of assessment. So you'd probably have a bit of an exam, a bit of coursework. Maybe a presentation would be required. Um, and there's lots of different types of contact time that go along with that. So as you move to your second and third year, when you're inherently going to be working in smaller groups, more specialised modules, more specialised courses, you'd probably have more seminar-based teaching. So you'd actually be in, in smaller groups where you can interact with the lecturer or the, or the, the teacher on a more um, 
individual mm-hmm. basis. Excellent. Well, I think that literally more or less leaves us to say we really appreciate you coming to speak in a little bit more detail about your subject area and your area of expertise. Um, I think finally I'd like to mention, I understand that you're actually running an online guest lecture for students. Um, Let's have a bit more about that. Yeah, um, so um, this is something new for me. I'm really excited about doing it. So it's the 24th of April and we're running a channel talent session. So myself and a colleague, Martin Money, um, will be um, talking about studying geography in particular within uh, environmental sciences. So Martin is the course director for human geography, BA geography, and I come with a background in the more physical uh, elements of geography and actually more in terms of environmental earth science and geographical information systems. So we're going to talk a bit about what we do and in particular about um, sort of being geographers within environmental sciences and um, how that's really exciting here at UEA. Excellent. So you mentioned it's 24th of April. That sounds fantastic. How can people get involved? How can teachers sign up for it and get their students involved? Um, yeah, so um, teachers can sign up for free at channeltalent.co.uk um, and it will be a great opportunity for the teachers and the students to get together and watch us and ask questions and um, find out a, a bit more about what they want to know. That's excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you. Email schools at uea.ac.uk to find out what we can do to support your school. So that brings us to the end of this month's episode. Thank you very much to Hannah, Jordan and Amy. Before I go, just to mention that our CPD accredited conference for teachers and advisors is taking place on the 4th to 5th of June. Uh, This is a fabulous event and free to attend. So if you'd like to book, there's still time. Just email recruitmentevents at uea.ac.uk and they'll be able to send you more details. Otherwise, thanks very much for joining us on Nurturing Bright Futures. That's it for this month's episode of Nurturing Bright Futures. We would absolutely love to hear from you. To book a visit, make a suggestion, or ask us a question, drop us a line at schools at uea.ac.uk. Thanks for joining us.